Welcome to the French Wedding Podcast with your host Naim, the only podcast in English about weddings in France. Great conversations, tips and insights about your French wedding, some wisdom before your big day, and the opportunity to hear wedding professionals actually living and working in France, only for your day to be the most amazing to remember. Hello everyone and welcome to the French Wedding Podcast. Greetings from France, this is the place we're recording this show. I'm Naim, professional ceremony officiant based in my hometown Paris and I created this show especially for future brides and grooms willing to get married in Paris or anywhere in France. Each episode is an occasion to meet a main actor of the industry, can be a vendor such as a wedding planner, hair and makeup artist, bridal salon, videographer, venue owner, bloggers, you name it. This show exists to bring you some insight about how people do things in France regarding the wedding industry, but we also share funny stories, things to know, and special memories when we happen to work together on the very same wedding. After graduating from the world-famous Juilliard School and performing on stage and on screen, she has been working as a communication executive, which included coaching business leaders, spokespersons, and actors for presentations and public speaking. She left her corporate job to jump into a new adventure and start to help other couples create their dream vows. So without further ado, please welcome Tanya Pushkin, The Vow Whisperer. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. You're actually uh, taking a call from New York, from America. Yes. I'd like to know a bit more about you. How did you get started? What is your background? My background is a little bit all over the place. I actually started my, my real life as a, an actress. Mm -hmm. I went to Juilliard here in New York, and I had a 10-year career and a very successful one. But after 10 years, I decided to leave that profession. And I went into the corporate world doing public relations and philanthropy for various brands, mostly, I will say all French companies, which was wonderful for me because it meant I could go back to Europe very often. I'm originally from Brussels. And so during this corporate career, I mean, I kept moving up and these big high profile jobs And then I made a complete switch last year. When I got remarried, we each wrote our own vows. And the New York Times covered us in one of their big wedding features. And the writer was at the wedding. And she came up to me afterwards and she said she had been to hundreds and hundreds of weddings and had never seen a ceremony so beautiful. And I thought to myself, wow, there's something here. I've been helping friends with their vows for many, many years, just for fun. But it, there was something about her saying to me, you know, Tanya, you need to do something with this, that I decided, okay, that's it. I'm going full on. I'll start my little business. And it, a week after my wedding, I was having lunch with a friend of mine, who's actually French. And I spoke to him, I said, you know, what do you think about me starting a business, helping couples write their vows? And then he said, you are the vow whisperer. And I thought, aha, that's it. You know, I went home and I got the URL and I quit my big job and started this. So it's, it's, it's less than a year old. I will say COVID has really interrupted everything. The traction I had 
suddenly came to a screeching halt, which is unfortunate, but it is, you know, the entire wedding industry is suffering a lot right now. Yeah, the the wedding industry is suffering a lot, but I think it's important for people like you to just jump in and show the example to to the other one, to people listening. This is very American for us French people to see see someone say, hey, I had this idea and like, what do you <laughs> think that like, just jump in and you, you quit your job literally before yeah. booking your first clients. Yes, I did. And I, I have to say in, in retrospect, I think it was a little bit crazy to do this. It is. <laughs> it, is it was a little, you know, perhaps I was delusional, but I thought to myself, this is such a genius idea. No one else is doing this. I know that I'm going to be super successful immediately. Of course, I had no idea what it took to start a business. Yeah, well, often it's about the first steps and then go ahead because it looks like you're successful right now. And yeah, congratulations. The Vow Whisperer is actually the thing that came up to me and followed up to contact you because I really love the name. So you should give the rights and the congratulations to your, to your friend because yes yeah. i thank him all the time because it's a brilliant name it is yeah and would you define yourself more as a wedding officiant or more like a wedding vow consultant sort of that's a really good question and i think at the moment right now during covid i am much more an efficient than a vow consultant or coach simply because the weddings in New York, people want to get married very quickly for various reasons. Even if their weddings, their parties are postponed till next year, they want to get married now. They want to at least make it legal. I would say right now I am more of an efficient. However, the vow, the vow consultation work is still happening, but it's much slower right now. I would say that I am more of a vow coach in general. That's how I started my business. I did not start as an efficient. And the only reason I am an efficient is because I wanted to advertise on wedding wire and the not and there is no category for for me so they put me under efficiency and i thought well then i better become one yeah. wedding wire and the nut are like for, for people who don't know big big platform uh, related to wedding vendors yes they're very big platforms i'm not crazy about either one of them but it's where a lot of brides and grooms look for for everything from inspiration to who should they hire to that's very interesting it reminds me something that i read in a book called the 22 laws of marketing i think where they were saying don't try to be the best in a category just invent one category oh i like that i think it relates to you and your business because i never actually heard of a wedding vow consultant before i met you i'm the only one there are plenty of writers who will write vows and mm -hmm. basically they they work very differently than i do they interview each person quite in depth and then they will write the vows and give them back to you and you can edit if you want once or twice but that's it boom you're done what i do is very different in that i help the couple i hold their hands basically from the very very beginning to the end and what that means is if they decide they want to write their vows the first meeting and i've been virtual since the very beginning it's funny because it's yes i you know if people live in new york or close to new york i can I used to be able to meet them in person, but now it's all virtual and it's, it's been virtual since the beginning. But I will meet with a couple one time all together when we discuss 
what does the ceremony look like? What does it feel like? What is the vibe that you want? How long do you want your vows to be? Do you want humor in there? Do you want everyone to be crying? And we, we establish the whole, the sense, what it feels like, what the ceremony, who they are as a couple and what they want this thir these 30 minutes to be. And then I make them promise to each other never to ever, ever discuss their vows together because mm -hmm. I believe it should be a secret. Then what happens is I, I then work individually with them. We start with, you know, when, when people say they want to write their vows, they have no idea where to begin. They're inundated, they're overwhelmed. And essentially I help them get everything out of them. So, you know, how they, how they met, what did they feel like when, you know, what, what did you feel like when she first walked into the bar? What was it like when he proposed to you? What were some of the most amazing experiences you have? Have you ziplined off the Eiffel Tower? Have you, you know, gone down the Amazon River? I mean, all, what have you done together? And then what was the defining moment? When did you know he was the one? When, you know, what moment did you feel that this was really love for her? And we, we dig very deeply and it's a chronological thing with vows. I mean, it's, it's initially, you know, what, what do you feel about marriage and then how you met and, and the progression of your relationship up until the final uh, part, which are the promises. So the work that we do, every single person has come back to me saying that this was an experience that was so mind opening in a way. And it's also, it's, look, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a premarital therapist, none mm -hmm. of that. But a lot of this work feels like that because people have to open up to me and tell me a lot of things that they might not normally share with other people. So it becomes, and especially with the promises, for example, you know, it's the vows. Yes, they're for your wedding day. But the promises, these are promises that you're not just saying one day and that's it. This is what you're preparing for the rest of your life. So you've really, it's a very thoughtful, reflective process. Once I've gotten all of this from the couple in their own words, because I'm not the writer, I feel like it, it has to come from their hearts. Once we've got everything written down and I edit and I make suggestions and I put structure to it, I make sure that each of them are balanced, that they're about the same amount of time, that there's the right you know, they're, if he's a really funny guy and she's super serious, uh, let's make sure that you know, his are not just the whole thing is funny. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. and She's, you know, crying her way. So I yeah. make sure they're balanced. And then the next step is to practice. This is where I use my acting skills. I coach because in, a, in many ways, I mean, maybe not for an elopement necessarily, but other, you know, people make their weddings such a huge ordeal or they can. The ceremony becomes a performance. It's really a performance. And it is, so yeah. Yeah, it is. And I and I coach each one how to stand there properly, what is the right body posture, how to speak clearly, how not to mumble, not to just read off of their vow book or a piece of paper, but know when to make eye contact. All of these things that are really acting skills. Most people are terrified of speaking in public. It is apparently, I was told this the other day, that the fear of public speaking is greater than the fear of drowning or the fear of being in a fire. It's uh, apparently the first one like, yeah, it, on the I, top three list of the world. Uh, exactly. So when people say that they're, they're terrified of speaking in public, 
I will say that I, I think I managed to get them through their fear up until they're really confident and they feel so good about themselves that yes, they will be nervous. Everyone's nervous before the ceremony. But I think that I managed to really get them to a point where that fear, it's not gone completely, but it's definitely less. The other thing that I also do, I encourage um, my couples to have me rehearse one last time right before the ceremony. And it is usually, it's a FaceTime or a Zoom, or if I can be there in person, that's ideal. But it's really right before, it's the quiet moment, for example, after the bride is completely dressed and ready and the bridesmaids are all ready and the groom has put on his cufflinks and the tie is on. Mm -hmm. And there's that quiet moment when it's the perfect time to run through your vows one last time with me. It's a dress rehearsal and it really gets them super confident and ready to, to do it. So it's, um, it's a service that people don't know about. And for me, it, that's the challenge. It's that I've got to get the word out there and I rely very much on referrals and other wedding industry people to suggest because people don't, they think about their ceremony last, you know, it's the flowers yeah. the place, it's the food, the music, the, <laughs> all of that, the dress, the suit. And suddenly you realize that you need somebody to do the yeah. ceremony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always the, the last thing they think about when it's such a priority. It's the mo I think it's the most important part of a wedding. You know, so I rely on, let's say, wedding planners or photographers to ask the couple, have you thought about your ceremony? Do you know who's going to marry you? Have you thought about writing your vows? Because uh, otherwise people will not know that there is a service to help them through the whole process. I really, really like the way that you're shaping your service instead of just write some vows. And I mean, this is work, but it looks like much more inclusive the way you're... Um proposing it, getting to know the couple up until the last moment, mixed with acting skills, premium service, to my opinion. I really like it. And the perfect scenario is when I'm also the efficient, because I've gotten to know them so well that they're not getting married by a stranger. They're getting married by somebody who actually really knows them well. And that's the perfect scenario when it's, it's everything all in one one little package. I also help very often, at, at least in America, couples want their best friend to marry them. Or, you know, somebody gets ordained just to marry their friends, or it's a family member who is officiating. And I have couples who come to me saying, my, my best friend has no idea what to do. Would you write the ceremony? That also happens. And then I also coach officiants because They're, they're terrified of speaking in public also. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's happy work, I will say. It, it's about love, just like with you. It's, you know, we make people mm -hmm. happy. Do you also do, for example, if, you, if a, an American couple have a destination waiting in France or in Europe and you cannot officiate the wedding, you are able to create vows for them and then maybe be in touch with the officiant and work together to include these vows in his ceremony. Yes. And I do that often because Americans love to get married in other countries. They love to get married in Paris or in Italy, for example, those are huge destinations. And I do work with couples who get married in, in, in other countries. Absolutely. And I have not had an, a situation where I was in touch with the efficient because in, in every case in Italy, for example, it's usually a religious wedding. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I have not been 
put in touch with the with the priests or the rabbi mm. because that's that's a very special it's a different scenario i have not had the opportunity to work with officials overseas i would love that i'm also a french speaker and i have helped couples with their vows in french french people who live here in america and want to incorporate french into their ceremony i've also done it with i have two couples right now who both men are spanish and we're doing a lot of the vows in spanish i also that's my third language so anything that's you know i work virtually all over the world which is wonderful yeah this is really a good side thing about the covid situation and in general also the possibility availability for us to display our services uh first online and virtually to get to know our clients and then build a relationship of trust with them and then as you said the day that they get married they're not dealing with a stranger anymore i like to make sure that if i'm only officiating which is happening more and more now especially in the covid situation because people want to get married quickly i like to get to know a couple a little bit i mean there's always a facetime and i ask them questions and i i i don't want them to feel that they're getting married by a stranger you know i i do like to get to know my couples a little bit and i probably i overdo it in a way but mm-hmm. i love people and i love finding out you know how did you meet what's your relationship like what do you want your future to look like and when i do a ceremony i like to incorporate some personal things about each one you like to include stuff or things or stories about them that they are not aware of for example they would just say well back in the days i was at this school and then during the ceremony you would say oh they like she was there and yes. just to see her pick up a reaction and create something during the yes. ceremony yeah exactly exactly I love this. and i love you know i also like having fun with it um i interject humor into my ceremonies and i also like it's interesting because so my daughter married us last year so she was the officiant wrote such a beautiful ceremony which i did not read before it was all a surprise and the way she spoke about us each of us and our relationship was so extraordinary and the wow. ceremony somehow i don't know she, i mean she was very funny and then very poignant and very serious at times and What happened was that the ceremony turned out to be interactive with the guests and I try to now copy that. And when I look at photographs of my wedding, both my husband and I are facing the guests so often because oh, there was yeah? yes, there we were not just facing each other. It's really it became so interactive with with some of the guests, you know, saying something in the middle of the like you know Oh yeah. Yeah, tell me a bit more about that. I think it's a great story. Tell us a bit more about it. It was so amazing. I mean, this was not planned, of course. But she would tell my daughter would tell a story about me and then one or two people in in you know, one of the two guests would go, "Oh my god, I remember." Or you know, it was <laughs> or people would laugh or then we would face one of us would face the guest and we would laugh together and then their other photographs were clapping. Were they like Yeah. Both my husband and I are clapping and I I don't even remember what the moment was. We're facing and everyone is clapping. So it was I loved the interaction with the guests and what I like to do with my ceremonies is try to recreate that mm-hmm. because I love including. I want everyone to feel like they're 
part of the ceremony. I learned from my own wedding and there's something in the acting world where it's, it's called the fourth wall. So you're on stage and to the right is right stage, to the left is left stage. And then there's upstage, which is in the back. Mm -hmm. And then there's something called the fourth wall, which is the wall between the actor and the audience. And that wall is always there, but it has to be, unless it's a comedy show where, you know, the audience is part of the whole thing. But otherwise, if it's a straight play or a musical, whatever, there's a fourth wall. I like to break that wall down. I want guests to somehow be a part of it. And it's usually through humor, if possible. I love the way you are putting words on just the feeling that I had because yeah it's a mix of connection inspiration humor you don't know it until you see it and I remember many ceremonies that I assisted or even that I officiated that I was lucky enough to feel what you just described that is just a mm. great moment for everyone yes it is at the end of the day that's what matters I think it's what people are going to remember the most I think guests at, at our wedding still talk about the ceremony you know how wonderful and how beautiful it was and I feel that you know that's that's the most important part that's what you remember as a guest or even as as the bride or the groom it's it's about the ceremony I mean the party is great you know it's wonderful mm -hmm. the ceremony is what it's all about this is the moment that yeah everybody's remembering and and makes people think I want something like that for my wedding <laughs> Yeah. So you're speaking three languages. Yes. Tell me a bit more about that. I was born in, in Belgium. My father was American and my mother was German. And we lived in, in Belgium until I was about 12 or 13. Brussels is a very international, the EU is based there. And so the languages, I mean, you know as well, you know, the education in Europe is very different and you learn other languages. That's just part of every child's life. And, you know, so I grew up, I learned English from my father and I did learn German from my mother. However, I understand it, but I can't speak it anymore. And Spanish, I was married to a Venezuelan. I, you know, Spanish became very, very easy to learn, you know, but I grew up learning, learned Italian, but I can't speak it anymore. But you're just in Europe, you're exposed to so yeah. many languages and cultures. And here it's, you know, you learn American English and that's it. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough, but yeah, it's due to the European history, it's, as you said, much more in the culture from college, from primary school to teach those languages and everything. So. Exactly. You offer in-person virtual and on-site services. Yes. So you're kind of everywhere and we can find you on the vowwhisperer.com. Correct. I will put this in the show notes for you guys. If you want to have a look, I recommend the website. Beautiful. And I think we're going to end up with that. Do you have something to say or something you want to offer to our audience today? Absolutely. So if uh, a couple wants to write their vows, I'm offering all the listeners the first two hours for free. Typically, just to add in there, it sounds like it can be a very long process, but it doesn't have to be. It can be very quick. It all depends on, and very often the bride and the groom are very different from each other. One might need a few hours. The other wants to keep practicing and practicing and practicing. You know, so it depends, but it can be, it can be a quick process or it can be a long process, whichever um, I'd like to offer the first two hours as a gift. Perfect. 
So it just brides and grooms listening. Just contact Tanya through her website saying that you heard it through the French Wedding Podcast to get this promotion. Tanya, thank you very much. Thank I you. hope that we can cross oceans very quickly and meet each other. You know, I, I mean, the first place I'm going to as soon as it's okay to travel is Paris. And I will, of course, we will absolutely have a a drink together at some point soon i hope preferably champagne if you don't mind oh absolutely <laughs> thank you so much tanya thank you bye-bye hey guys thanks again for listening to the show today you can find more information on our guests in the show notes as well as my contact and my website if you have any questions regarding your french wedding i'm happy to help also please do not hesitate to leave a review for the show there's also a link for that that will literally take one minute of your precious time and will mean the world to me i always appreciate your support thank you again very much for your time and feedback wishing you a great day or a great night anywhere you are in the world i send you some good vibrations and we'll talk to you again soon for a new episode bye bye